You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 57. Today's guest, Anna, is sharing her journey into creating her business, Solv Creative. If you've ever felt like your area of interest is too saturated, or you feel like maybe you've exhausted all options, you'll want to hear Anna's tips for finding your corner of the internet. Along with offering some clarity, you'll want to tune in until the end to hear her special offer. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. Thanks for inviting me. Could you tell us about self-creative and how you found yourself in this field? Uh, yes, sure. Self-creative is a design agency. We're based in Stockholm and we work mostly with branding, websites and product uh, development. We decided to open this company mainly because me and the other co-founder, we've been friends forever. We met in university and we've been working on projects uh, together, but never under one company. So after a while, I helped him with projects. He helped me with projects. We decided like, yeah, okay, let's just start a company. And the idea behind was uh, because I'm in the UX uh, part, which uh, it means I'm working mostly with the user experience, the functionalities, the product strategy development, and all of under the curtain things. And he's an UI designer, and he works mostly with the visuals like branding and colors, fonts. So Basically, this is what the product needs. It needs the visual part and then it needs the functional part. So together we can uh, fulfill a full process of product development or a website or uh, branding. It seems like a genius idea because a lot of the sites that you go on, maybe they look really nice, but they're not user-friendly. So they don't make sense. Sometimes you click on one thing and before you know it, you don't know how to get back to the homepage. So mm-hmm. I love that you have somebody, well, yourself, that's in the user experience experience and and then somebody that's taking care of the visuals. That's really a great combination. Yes, we basically started this combination, but then um, we still like work with other freelancers or other companies that they provide other types of services, for example, like copywriting. We need copywriting very often, like when we do branding projects, but it's not like we are trying to do it because we're not very good at it. So then we hire other specialists that specialize in copywriting or in illustrations or in animation or whatever we would need for a project. So I think the key point, like when we started a company, we wanted to focus on quality work. Yes. Because we do think it's more important. And also like we think there is no person doing it all. It's like impossible for a person to be very good at everything. Yeah. So then we just took our parts like, okay, I'm good at this part. I'm good at the other part. And then for other parts that we need, we just have other collaborations with other people that they are really good at it. I love that you're, you know, aware of what parts you're really good at and that you hire out for the parts that you do need help with. That's really, that's a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. It is so, important to not do it all. Exactly. Right. Well, was this always a passion of yours? When did you decide that going to school for design was, was your calling? Oh, no, I was really small. Ah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was in high school when I said like, I want to be a designer. And by that time, uh, design, at least in, uh, where I'm from wasn't like a very strong field. I was like, oh, design, what what you're going to do in life? It's like you should go into law or medicine or something like more suitable for, I don't know, making a good income. And for me, design, I didn't know much about design at that time, but it meant uh, mostly 
really like flexible hours. And it meant also the opportunity to actually work in different countries. If you study like law, for example, you can't really work in other countries than the one that you studied because it's different in different countries. And mm-hmm. then I went to university and I studied uh, industrial design. Yes, then I just started. I don't know. It felt close to me. It felt like something it was easy for me to do. I just got everything and I, I understood very easily everything. Mm-hmm. And then I studied a master in uh, user experience. It was designed for all. And there I learned how to how to talk with users, how to listen to them, what to ask them and what to look for and how to design a product that is not meant only for one person, but not forget or for a majority, but forget about minorities like old people or disabled people or I don't know, everyone else. The best lesson I learned in university was if you design for the most complex user, then the other ones probably they would just be super good for them. You need a complex user to solve it and then everything else is going to be solved by itself. My path into UX design was long (laughs) but very smooth because it is close to my heart and if you ask me today like what I would do else than design, I don't have an answer. I don't have anything else. This is what I know and this is like what I love and this is like what I do best so maybe I'm just a happy case. (laughs) I do think sometimes what happens is you go to school then you say oh I don't think I really want to do this and then before you know it like it's very common here in the states where people go to school and then they change their major several times before they graduate and then a lot of times you have graduates who don't even like what they went to school for so they get a completely different job so it's really interesting when you find somebody who actually knew what they wanted to do from a very young age Mm -hmm. I chose something and then just I made it work but in a way it's also like I cannot say it was very hard Mm -hmm. it was hard everyone has moments like oh this is not for me I cannot make it there are so many people so much where they're better than me Mm -hmm. I would never be that good there's always better than you and there is always worse than you and there is you that you need just to progress and be better than yesterday yeah so with that in mind how do you think you get over the idea that you do go into a field and it does feel I think for every field it feels very saturated so Mm -hmm. what is your advice for somebody struggling with that because sometimes that's the easiest excuse to hold on to is oh everybody's doing this it's very saturated there's a lot of people that are better than me so if you hold on to that that's like the perfect excuse to quit what yes kind of advice would you have for somebody that struggles with that um there is a place for everyone that's my that's my belief there is a place for everyone there is uh, people that they want to learn from you it doesn't really matter there is always someone that it can fit your target there's like so many people in this world it's not possible that you cannot find it's just harder for you to find what is your niche or to find them may be harder because there's so much content to choose from different things work for different people even if it's the same industry you should never copy something but if it works for someone doesn't mean it's going to work for you but if you take the same and you analyze it and then you put goals and then like you try to achieve goals and you try to do different stuff different strategies and ways and you definitely gonna win i've looked at like your site uh looks completely different than other design sites that i've seen so i think that's kind of the idea is that you genuinely put yourself 
out there and the right people will find you. And I love your message too, that if a, a field isn't saturated, that means that there's probably not much demand for it. So it's almost mm-hmm. it's almost better that there's a lot of people doing what you're doing because it means that there is a, a market for it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And you should always start with something that you have knowledge about because mm-hmm. the new things or the new discoveries happens when you know so well a field or so well your thing that you need to do something different. If you know something very, very, very well, you find unique ways to discover it again. Right. Or to, oh. You start to become creative about it. Mm-hmm. So to get to that, like to discover something new or to find a new strategy or to find a different approach to a very known niche, you have to know it very well. So True. I guess there is no way of like, oh, I'm starting something completely new from like nobody heard of it and it's going to go really good. Right. It's a slow process. That's great because it does feel like you want the overnight success. So you start Mm -hmm. a business and you want it to be very popular right away. So I I understand what you're saying, that it's a slow process. So you go to school and you learn design, but what do you think is the biggest difference between somebody who decides to work for a firm and someone who creates one? Like, I feel like both are are completely okay, but Mm -hmm. I wonder if some people might be better to work for a business and some people are definitely cut out to start their own business yes i do agree with that i don't think everyone should start their own business as i don't agree with like everyone should get employed i think there are people and people and we're all different both of them though gives you very good experience i've been employed and i also like opened my company but i started i started my own company before being employed but then i got employed and then i started another company the experience that i got when i uh, i was employed it's uh, you get to try things not on your account not to, like not on your expense <laughs> true <laughs> i was employed and i was uh, the design lead of the company and i could try out so many things i was involved in in the key taking decisions so then i learned like it's very important to know why it works something or why does it didn't it work i could ex- experiment so much but i didn't feel the expense of it so it's right. it's a process of learning being employed i saw it uh, as a process of learning something and then when you have your own company here it comes your expense because every decision that you take you're gonna feel it you're gonna feel the consequences you're gonna work harder and it's so if you haven't taken these decisions before let's say i don't know you have a call with a very expensive client and you really want it like you mm-hmm. you really really want it it's very important that you don't you don't take the wrong decisions it's like you agree to something but you would never agree if it wasn't your client this is like the it becomes very personal when it's your company and if you don't have the experience beforehand it may not do the correct decisions just because you didn't have that experience before ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers for a reason with ShipStation you can print all of your labels from one place if you're like me you're probably selling on more than one platform ShipStation seamlessly integrates all of your sales into one place so all you need to do is print your labels Get a 30-day free trial when you click on the link in the show notes. ShipStation. Make ship happen.
And do you feel like it's better than to always start out as an employee before you branch out to your own business? It depends if you work on the same field. I mean, I was employed as a designer as well. So for me, it was like I learned so much in product strategies. If you can get employed in your field and try out and learn from that company, I think it's very good. I think it saves you a lot of time in and learning by your account because it's also like you have other people around you. You can ask, they can tell you, you you learn so much or you open your own company and then you hire people that they can teach you in a way or they can help you run the business. Otherwise, yeah. uh, the mistakes that you can make during can be very expensive. And starting out, it's not easy because you, you literally don't have much and you can't lose the little that you have either. It matters so much more. Or if you have a mentor, I think that one, it's also very good. Yeah. When I love that you started out with a good friend of yours. So it, it mm. probably felt very comfortable to make that leap. Yes. We got out of knowing each other because we know each other. It was easy for us to communicate and make a plan and understand each other and know when to back off, when to push harder. I think it's if you have a, a partner in business, I think it's very important that the communication is very stable and you trust each other because otherwise it's a bit hard to... Oh, I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what services do you provide and what would your ideal client look like? So our ideal clients are probably startups because we work more with the product development. So for example, if you want to start up a product and then you want to go to the market, then if assuming it's a digital product, then we help you with the strategy, with the product development and uh, with the first version that you put in the market and uh, what you should try after. We help with the user testing and uh, user research and all that. Besides that product development, we also do websites and branding. And with the branding, we help people to brand or rebrand themselves and uh, create websites. As far as the branding goes, can you explain how you approach a rebranding scenario? If you have a brand already, sometimes you fall so in love with the initial creation. It's almost like there's, I don't know, a little bit of a a struggle to do a rebranding. I mean, rebranding, it's you don't have to do it if it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Rebranding, it's it depends as well. Like what why are you doing the rebranding? Because there can be more cases you are doing rebranding because it's like people don't recognize you or it's because like you don't you don't feel like that branding is representing the company any longer so then you rebrand or because you changed the companies i don't know you were shipping fruits and then you moved to shipping vegetables so then it changed the purpose of the company so then the branding again doesn't represent you but in a way it's where you just want to refresh it a bit if you want to change the branding because it doesn't represent you then it goes like from scratch you start on with discovery session and then with the workshops about the the brand personality that you want the the brand to have. In a way, you start to question the client, how he's envisioning the brand. And then you find out about like the values, the goals, the mission, the personality of the brand and everything. Mm -hmm. And after you do, like after we have these discovery sessions, they are more than one and uh, we do workshops. Then we present the client with uh, like three directions of the brand. And in those three directions of the brand, we include 
include like the brand story. It's like a story, but the brand tells to the user, is it a friendly brand? Is it uh, sophisticated? Is luxury? Is uh, sport? Is It's important to have a very well uh, written or a very well defined story because then people, they when they look at the brand, they can find themselves. and like, oh, this brand is for me. Because they identify. The, yes, they can identify themselves with the brand. So then that's the main, like the end goal that the people can identify themselves with the brand and then they are your clients in a way. So we present the three directions that they are different in style, in brand story, and uh, the client chooses one. And then we develop it more. We develop it like with um, illustrations and uh, visuals mostly. That's if you do a complete rebranding. But if you just want to freshen up, then you go and find out what's the core of the brand. And then you do a bit of research on like what are the key elements that the people still remember about this brand because if, if you think about like very known brands like mcdonald's the red it's very it's very descriptive so right. if you would change the red into a different color people would not recognize mcdonald's so fast right because that is a key element that the person recognizes the brand so then on a refresh up of the brand then you would need to find out more uh, about the, those keys elements that you cannot really replace them but you can use them to change them a bit or do something creative about it and there's so much psychology that goes into the color selection that i think sometimes Mm -hmm. as a small business owner you don't really you don't really dive into that maybe you're just picking your favorite color or you're not really realizing that the colors you're selecting really says so much it's part of the story so it's nice to know that there's people like you out there that can say wait a minute this doesn't go with the brand or with the story or with what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. What would you say has been the biggest struggle that you've had to face in running your own business? Mm, the biggest struggle? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there are many. Probably try to do a lot in the same time. Mm. Uh, you get so overworked. And I think that's a problem to every founder when they start the business. You try to do so many stuff because we have project with clients. We started to do our own product. We started the some not a podcast but we wanted to start as well like some uh, online courses there were like so many ideas and then we started on all of them together like if you just want to do so many stuff and you want to do it all as well by yourself you don't mm. i mean you don't have the money as well to invest in like many people to hire so then you kind of do it all and so probably in a way prioritize things yes. like make make a list what do you want now finish stuff don't start 10 things at once yeah i don't know in a way limit yourself limit cautiously as well don't limit too much because then you don't progress that fast but yeah in a way it's i think that was my biggest challenge that makes sense to be realistic with your time because i know what you mean with starting several projects at once Mm -hmm. you know it feels like it's not that big of a deal but then when you start getting into the meat of the project a couple of weeks in all of a sudden you have to put one on the back burner because you just can't do all of them so it's interesting that everybody seems to have that that battle with time we Mm -hmm. we don't realize just how few hours there are in the day and then other days it seems like you have an eternity so (laughs) yes that's true so what advice would you have for a small business owner that is just getting started yeah stick to your beliefs 
try out a lot of stuff, read a lot, uh, read other people what they're doing, try by yourself, see if it works. Don't stick to something that you feel like it's not working. I think one of the things we also try to do is like every time we try something new to implement, either like a strategy or I don't know, something that changes, we try it for a limited time. Let's say you want to try a new Instagram strategy for your Instagram. We always put a limit. Okay, we're gonna for three months, we're gonna do this every day. If in three months, nothing changes, then we should change something It's not going well. Every now and then, take a step back and analyze your business. Analyze what does work and what it doesn't. Because there are things in the business that they need to be changed and there are things that they work and you can keep them for a bit longer. Probably that one, take a step back and analyze what you have now and if you are going in the right direction. For sure. That's great advice. The idea that sometimes you might be investing too much time in the wrong area is frightening. Mm -hmm. So if you're analyzing it, I can imagine that you're going to have a better perspective and then you can apply your time towards the things that are working instead of spinning your wheels in a direction where it's really not going to change or or move the needle at all. I think it's it's a skill to know where when to start and when to continue. Yes. Sometimes we don't push too hard and sometimes we don't know when to stop and so we lose time. Right. Yeah. I think it's hard to recognize when you're giving up because that's such Mm. a a taboo thing. It's so wrong to give up. So you don't want to look like you're giving up and you want to keep trying. But at the same time, if it's not bringing you results, it isn't giving up. It's actually making a a wise decision. But it's yeah, it's hard to distinguish between am I, you know, throwing the towel in? Or am I making a good choice? Mm -hmm, Yeah, I like that you're saying to apply metrics to that. So if it's not Mm -hmm. making a positive impact, then that's probably something to maybe put aside and try something different. So that's really great. So Anna, where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Our website is selfcreative.com. And we are also on LinkedIn. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Yes. So we are on all the social media. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you, Anna. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another talented CEO creating an impact with her designs. I know we touched on it in the interview, but honestly, the number of people I have met in the same field is countless, yet they produce distinctly different products. When I stumble across a website that is painful to understand, my first thought is, Could the elderly navigate this? I love that Anna and her partner create sites with the most challenging user in mind. Another amazing point that Anna brought up is that you need to know your niche inside and out to discover a different approach. That only comes from sitting with a project, a product, or a service for a very long time. Don't abandon the ship before you arrive. But as Anna points out, use metrics to guide you. It's equally as devastating to stay on a path that is not showing any rewards. By adding a measuring tool, you remove all of the feeling or attachment and you base your decision to stay with it or move on solely on numbers. Anna is offering a free 40-minute consultation that can be used for a product audit or product strategy. I'll have the link to self-creative in the show notes. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 